This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Right, hello everybody and thank you for coming along. I hope what we're going to discuss, or what we're going to try and say to you, I want you to look at this chapter, we're going to come back to it in a moment. I want to establish one or two things first, but we're going to come back and see how this should influence you if you're interested at all in coming and learning about the Lord. How thirsty do you get? Well, if you're in Florida and it's 95 to 85 degrees, depending on the temperature, and some of 110 And that's not a problem, but it's the humidity is 93%. You can stand outside the door, and I am not kidding you, you just sweat. As a Britishman, of course, it's the wrong place to be. You need to drink. And uh, my sister-in-law, sadly, found that out to her cost when she didn't drink, and she basically fainted. You need to keep sustaining. You need water, don't we? I, I don't know if you do. You go to the gym, you know. If you perhaps you do that, perhaps you push iron. Uh, we've got a young man in our uh, where I work. He he does all that. He's, uh, he's into his pushing iron and becoming strong, and he's quite a beefy chap. But he uh, he has to drink water. He's told, you know, one of his, it's interesting that one of the things he's told to drink is water. Why? Because it's good for you. Water itself sustains you, believe it or not. And so when you're thirsty, when you need a drink, then you need water. Of course, water here isn't as good as it is over, of course, in Durham. We have much nicer water. But then, of course, the other thing you can do, of course, is do this, which is the evil thing of having one of these. This is the water bottle of evil. Well, of course, it is now because, believe it or not, I don't know if you know, dear friends, it can cost a lot more money to produce this than it can just have your water out of a tap. And, of course, nowadays, of course, this has the dreaded plastic, which... um, we shouldn't perhaps have but this water you can carry it around that's the beauty of it and you can drink when you need perhaps you're on a walk perhaps you're a, a cyclist I, I know when I do my cycling which is not very often but when I try and I uh, try and do cycling I have to have water with me because I can guarantee within less than a mile um, I have to stop and have a drink you know because I'm thirsty and so when you, wherever we are we can, we can you know, need water and what's interesting as well if you take water have you ever tried it when you're tired and drunk a bit of water or you've got a headache because you're dehydrated. If you take more water on board, it can cure. I did, I did read on one website that it would cure every single ill if you drank water. I'm not so sure it's, it's good, but I'm not so sure it's that good. You're told apparently the average person should take, and this is it's in both, I do it in both languages, old and new, 91 ounces. That would mean a lot to you, 2.7 litres. My doctor tells me I must drink that because if you've ever, ever had a kidney stone, it's horrible, it's really painful, but you're told to drink three litres a day. Cause and effect, of course, we have to go to the toilet for that, and that's for, for ladies to take 2.7. If you're a gentleman, it's 125 ounces, because apparently we need more water, I don't know why, um, or 3.7 litres. That's the sort of amount you need per day. Now, I know lots of us have tea, coffees, uh, the various brands that you can get of, of fizzy drinks and stuff. And so we have that instead, don't you? And I'm sure you do have that yourself. But it's water that will sustain. It's water that will get everywhere because we are made basically of water and we need it to sustain all our functions. Do you know, I didn't know this, but if you don't have water, I've found that your bones are stiff. Well, apparently it's to do with, I'm not a doctor, it's to do with cartilage, apparently. If it doesn't get water, it eventually will seize up. And so water is very, very important. That's what we're trying to say. 
What about the Bible when you talk about water? Now, I'm going to make no excuses for this, dear friends. I want you to open your Bible. I want you to turn to references. We're going to turn to quite a few. Uh, I'm going to try and keep a few in John, and then we're going to go various other places of the Bible, just to think about this idea of water. If you come to the first place, if you if you're already got your Bible open, don't worry, but if you come to John chapter 7, this is another occasion where John records the Lord Jesus Christ talking about water. Virtually the same idea. We're talking about living water, aren't we? That's what he said to this woman. He said, I'll give you water. I'll give you something that will keep you sustained. This is uh, John again. And we're going down to verse, right the way down to verse 37. You're there. In John chapter 7. On that day of the feast, and so it was a day of a feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and proclaimed, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. You think, well, fair enough. He's perhaps got a bowser there. He's, you know, there's a crowd, so he's got, he's got something there to take them. But no, he goes on to say... He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of the heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now, this may be an odd concept to get into your head. What's he talking about? I don't know how enthusiastic you are about anything. We are in between Formula One, the race next week, one called Monaco. I get quite excited when that comes up. Now, I, I, I declare now I'm a Mercedes fan. All right. If you say Ferrari, I don't like it. Now, I get really, I get really excited. If you start talking about it, I'll get very animated about it, and I'll tell you why McLaren is rubbish and why Ferrari and so on. I don't bore you, but it comes out of me. I just can't help myself. I have to talk about it. We were talking about it at work, and I said, "How do you get interested in that?" I said, "Because I love cars. I love driving cars. I love having cars. I, if I had the money and the space, I'd have a lot more cars." But uh, you know, that's that's beside the point. What's Jesus saying? He's saying. If you believe in me, if you trust what I say, if you know what I'm saying is true, it's going to come out of you. Now this he said about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive for as the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now don't forget, John, when he's writing, is also writing in retrospect. In other words, he's writing of stuff that's happened. And so he's trying to get you to understand, what's this idea of the Spirit? He said, well, the Spirit will come to help them. And if you look through the Gospels, we're going to come across it. We're going to have a little look ourselves. When you come across it, the Holy Spirit was given to them so they could go out and preach. And this is what the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about, so they will be able to preach. Now, I can guarantee you, when you decide that you really are for the Lord and you want to be on board and you really want to know about him, this is going to happen to you. It's going to overflow and it's going to come out and you'll want to talk to people. You'll want to really talk to anybody that comes your way. I suppose it's, it's a lovely structure that the Lord's giving here of, of really the, the Spirit being active, the Spirit being able to do things. And so you will be empowered, I suppose. Is that the right word? I mean, I don't know if... I've been to one or two corporate meetings where, where they come to empower you to do things. I still go to them now, even in schools that I work in. They do still the same. You have the power to change the children's life. You have the power to help them and, and all this. And you go away thinking, oh, yes, perhaps I can teach and perhaps I can do everything. I don't teach. I wouldn't want to teach. But I understand the principles of it. And so the same is here. Jesus wants you to understand here in John that you will, if you believe, and if you have it in your heart, if it, come, it will come out. It will just, you can't help yourself talking about it. That's basically what it is. And if you have a hobby, um, I've got a cousin who's got an amazing hobby. <laughs> Trains. You know the little hobby train set? 
My goodness, can he talk about them? And he'll bore you to death. He'll show you how all about. And he makes the carriages. He does everything. Makes the little people. And he's just moved recently to not so far away. And uh, he's, actually, he's, he's unfortunately had to make a complete new train set. He's loving every minute of it. And his poor wife, she's a widow to the trains. And he will talk about it and, and very be very, very enthusiastic. And so I suppose when we're talking about the source of, of, of life, this is what Jesus is talking about. He's saying this is the source of life, the idea of this water. What does water do? Well, water, it really covers everything, doesn't it? I mean, if you don't have water, you don't have perhaps fish. You don't have perhaps vegetation without water. You can have too much water, I do appreciate. But it, without any water, it's going to become tough, isn't it? It'll become difficult. But you need, every, every creature needs it from birds, from fish, to any animal, including, of course, as we already said, ourselves. We need water to keep ourselves going. Now, there's another place, if you come now, to the end of the book of Revelation. This is John again talking. Revelation 22, and this is him talking yet again to us, but he's, he's having a vision. Now, if you don't know what a vision is, it's basically he was shown things that were going to happen. Hold on to your hats. Something in the future of even now, when the kingdom would come upon this earth. And I'm sure you'll hear talks about this. Here in chapter 22, we're going to go into first verse, it says, then he showed me, this is John being shown around, the river of water, of life, bright as crystal. And the idea there is, is, is it's, a, it's a funny word, I can't really pronounce it, so I won't. But it's kathros, I think that's how you say it. If I'm wrong, I apologise. But it's crystal clear. It's, 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 there's no flaws in it. They, they talk about the odd diamond, I think. Is it, is it the African diamond, I think, that's, that's one of the flawed, non-flawed diamonds? You look at it and there's no flaw whatsoever in it. That's the idea, that this water is pure. Have you ever drunk from a stream? I don't know if you have. I have in my youth. We used to have a lovely stream going through where I used to live. And it was beautiful water. It really was. It was very nice. Um, very lovely. Anyway, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The Lamb here is representing the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Through the middle of the street of the city so you've got this vision of it coming out from a seat and going down and, and along and doing its thing on either, either side of the river the tree of life Ooh. now if you're a bible scholar what does that mean the tree of life well go back to Genesis we are, we are book ending things we won't do it now but in Genesis there was the tree of life and here is any tree needs to be near a good source of water it will, it will find its way with its roots where it needs to go if it wants water and it will be uh, incredible, the, the root system. With it, 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And I don't want to go into detail what this is about and what the vision's about, but what I want you to understand is here's the idea of that in the future, water will go out to sustain the world. And it's going to go from this central place, and it's going to sustain this tree, this tree of life. And the tree of life, which was guarded by the angel in the end when Adam and Eve, I'm afraid, decided to not follow God's laws and not follow what God had to say, they, he protected it and made sure that the tree of life was looked after. But here, do you notice, it's bringing forth fruit and bringing forth stuff for us. Interesting, isn't it? So this idea of water, this idea of having water, is quite important. That's what we're trying to get at. Now come to our uh, chapter before our chapter. Come to chapter 3 of John. 
Here in John chapter 3, the Lord Jesus Christ is talking to a totally different character. And if you want a character difference, they couldn't come together. And I don't know whether John did this deliberately. You'd have to ask John that. But it seems interesting that John puts these two characters one after the other. We're talking about a guy called Nicodemus. He's a guy who came to the Lord Jesus Christ and he wanted to know about the faith, wanted to understand about the faith, wanted to find out about what it was all about, what he was talking about. He was a Jew. He was quite a well-known Jew. He, he, knew his, he knew his Bible. He knew his Old Testament, as we would know. And he certainly knew what he was thinking and talking about. And here he says in verse th- uh, 3, if you go into chapter 3, of verse 3, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, what's Jesus talking about? Well, he's talking about how he can gain the way of life, how he can gain eternal life, which we're going to see is offered to this woman in, at the well. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, poor old Nicodemus had a right off fit. He's thinking, hang on. <laughs> so, so, so you want me to be born again? So you want me to be in my mum's womb again? And come? No, no. <laughs> You've got to be born afresh. Now, this may be a different, it may be an odd subject for you to think about, but what are we talking about? Well, you need to change. And when you get to that point, Jesus says you will be washed and you will be clean. Now, we talk about it as Christadelphians. There's a term called baptism. And we talk about it as a total immersion in water. It's a new beginning. It's a new start. The symbology, if you want to go into it, the idea of it, is that when you go into baptism, you die. Hopefully you don't if the baptism's done right. But, you know, the theory is that you go in and you could die, couldn't you? If you put yourself underwater long enough, if you've ever been in a swimming pool done the same thing, you come up thinking, <laughs> that's the principle, that you die. And it's copying what the Lord Jesus Christ did. And he said, that's the idea. And then you'll be born of the water, because, of course, the baptism, and also be given inside you something that will help you. A change, an attitude change, a spirit, the Holy Spirit can be inside you and will encourage you to do and to think and to want it's it's like almost a bit of fuel that's inside you for the disciples it was going to be a real physical thing they were going to give them for us i wonder what difference it is to you i wonder what your thing but i can only describe it as when i was baptized when i went through that system that jesus is talking about here i was one that was really wanted to go out and convert the world and i was only 16 when i did that and i wanted to teach and preach and show everybody everything about the word of god and teach them just as the lord jesus christ did and it will be like that it will be a thing that will make you enthusiastic that you want to be that you desperately want to show to other people what the lord has on offer to each other to to every one of us and what does he have on well he has on for us he has the coming of a kingdom Come now to the next chapter, chapter 4, which was our chapter we read together to introduce our subject. Interesting, isn't it? Is it? Well, I think it is. Here the Lord Jesus Christ is clearly saying to this woman that he has water that she would need of. What? But you have no means, she says, doesn't she? Verse 11. The woman said, Sir, you have nothing to draw the water. And of course, practically she's thinking... See, we go off to the tap. I'm sure, I'm, I'm almost convinced that this was taken from the tap, I'm sure. Tap was turned, we turned it on, we assume water's going to be there. That's how we do it. Or we've got the bottle, whichever way you do it. We don't have to go and find our water. Well, I haven't had it for a long time. When I was very, very little, I'm told, I don't remember it, we used to have a well that we used to have to pump. We don't do that here, I suppose, in England. We're not that kind of thing. But here, she says, what? You want it? Where? <laughs> You can almost see the, the situation where she's looking around thinking, where's the well he's going to draw from? 
you haven't got anything to draw with and the well is deep where do you get this living water from and Jesus wants to try and change her like that the thing that's even more intriguing about this woman why is he talking to her you may not understand and I suppose it takes a bit of getting used to he has gone through Samaria now don't underestimate this a Jew believe it or not used to pray that they weren't like the Samaritans they used to pray that they wouldn't go through Samaria they wouldn't even eat or drink with a Samaritan they wouldn't even go near them what they would do is go around the country and literally where the Samaritans were they used to literally go on a almost a oh, 100 mile round trip just to just not to do it but there's something in here that's interesting that Jesus actually it says in the narrative he must go through Samaria Samaria verse 4 and he had to pass through Samaria he had to go through there he was compelled to go I don't think before he'd ever gone round there's no record of it so I can't confirm that but here he is going to walk directly through it he was on a destination course to meet this Samaritan woman she was taken aback dear friends because Jews talking to Samaria what? She, she would be totally totally taken back what do you like at first impressions? I was told, most people, when you meet someone, we all look down. And if your shoes aren't polished, I shouldn't look, I'm wearing sandals, so I can get out of that. That's where people mostly look. And it was an insurance company I worked for, and they said, you have to have polished shoes, because that's what people look at. And I don't know if you know how long you've got to make your first impression. Ten seconds. 10 seconds and you will sum up somebody and you will decide whether you're going to talk to them or you're not going to talk to them or whether you're going to be near them. Jesus changes things here. Jesus is, is, is almost crossing barriers here, okay? Please be under no illusion here. This is quite something. He's going to talk to a Samaritan woman. So that's something else that's quite something. He'd asked her to give, give him to drink and he, obviously he was generally thirsty. Now, whether it was the noon of the day or it, de- it depends on which calendar you use, but I like to think it was the middle of the day. And I'd like to think that he was thirsty because it was hot weather and he wanted literally a drink. But the conversation changes very quickly when he talks about this, doesn't he? Go back to verse 10. Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She didn't know who she was talking to. She, hadn't, she knew he was a Jew. He was obviously dressed. <laughs> Ever been into somewhere like in Germany? And you've walked into a shop and you've got your phrase book. You're determined you're going to talk German. Right? You're going to do your best. You walk up. Good morning. Can we help you, sir? <laughs> we obviously look British. I don't know why. I don't know how. Because I'm thinking when well, I'm dressed like. But when you go to these different countries, you're dressed, aren't you? And you, they just know that you're English. They've obviously perhaps heard you speak or whatever. But... And, and it, it's, it's a bit like that. She obviously knew he was a Jew. She obviously understood it. And so that's what was confusing her. That's what was taking, was blowing her mind that this man, this Jew, would even take the time to talk and to sit down at this well. She was surprised he spoke. Then she says something, which is Jesus doesn't actually defend or say, but it's intriguing. Come to verse 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob? And it was Jacob's well, don't forget. It was the well that they'd given, he'd given to them. It was, he, he, she's saying, are you better than Jacob? He gave us this well to drink. 
it uh, himself, as did his sons and his livestock. So she says, you know, this, this is, you, you great, you better than him? Who, who do you think you are? You're just a Jew, aren't you? But Jesus doesn't really come back to her, does he? He doesn't take the bait. <laughs> I think if I was, this is wrong, I, I know, I'm sorry. If I was Jesus, I would actually say, <clears throat> excuse me, yes, I'm better than Jacob. I am, I am the, you know, the son, I am the... Do you know what I mean? We would do that, wouldn't we? We would say, look at me, look who I am. Jesus doesn't do that, does he? Jesus replies beautifully. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this will be thirsty again. And you know yourself, if you have a drink, if you've been exercising, if you've been doing anything, you will get thirsty again. You will not, not get thirsty. But when you have this water, this living water, Jesus is saying, you will never thirst again. Think of your life. Think of what you do. Think of all the things that you put in it, whether you buy cars, whether you buy houses, whether you've gone big holidays, whether you've gone small holidays, whether you buy gadgets, whether you buy stuff. Does it fill you? Does it fulfill what you need? Have you ever noticed when you really want something, perhaps it's a holiday or perhaps it's a gadget or perhaps it's a house or a home or a, or a car or whatever it is, have you ever noticed when you get it, you go, oh, is that it? Where's the next gadget? Where's the next home? doesn't fulfill you, does it? Can I say something, you dear friends? This water will fill you and will satisfy you. This thing that the Lord Jesus Christ is offering to you and to me, which is I find incredible, I don't know about you, but the Lord Jesus Christ is prepared to offer it to me, and we'll come on to that in a second, because he's going to offer it to this, this woman, a Samaritan. He's prepared to offer it to me and give me the water that I will never thirst again, and it will fill you. And can I say, it has. It gives me a sense of peace. Why? Because I know what the Lord has in store. I have read. I've understood. And so when things sadly go wrong and the horrible things that are happening in the world that we see, I know that God is in control. I have seen it. I have listened to it. I have read it. And it gives me a, such a peace, dear friends. And I hope you'll want to know more about it so it gives you that same sense of peace. But whosoever drinks of the water that I give him says the Lord Jesus Christ will never be thirsty again the water that I gave him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life what you're offering to this woman this eternal life let me tell you about this woman why was she on her own coming to the well one of those days, in those days, sorry, they, 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 they used to do it communally, used to go to, you know, all go together. But here she is on her own. Well, I wonder if it's because she's had five husbands. Oh, and as Jesus points out to her, the man you're living with now isn't your husband. I mean, were they concerned that she might take their husband? I'm not going to say she was beautiful, but she was obviously capable of, of getting any man she wanted. Why would he talk to someone like that? Would you talk to someone like that who just can take any man and change a life? And we're not going to say she's a harlot, but let's, which is basically a prostitute. But is she not bordering on that, dear friends? Would you talk to her? Can I say something to you? I had one of the best conversations about faith with a prostitute. Now you're all looking at me, thinking, "Oh." <laughs> Let me assure you that what I was doing was I was selling insurance. And 
we used to collect from this one lady for her insurance. And I had an amazing conversation with her. Why? Because she had the most need. The Lord Jesus Christ would say, I don't come here to the, to the scribes and Pharisees. He would say this, he would say, look, I don't come here to heal those that aren't sick. I come to heal those that are sick. What a woman to choose. What a person to talk about this eternal life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I will not thirst or have to come to draw water. Now, I understand that because it was a chore. It was a daily chore. For us, it's, it's a five-second turn on the tap. But if you lose your water, it can be a daily chore to go and get what you need. And she fancied that idea, didn't she? She said, oh, that's a good idea. I don't have to come again. And Jesus said to her, call your husband and talks about that idea. And he says to her, and listen to what she says. Verse 19. Then the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet, a foreteller, someone who knows the future. Jesus could see through her. Jesus could understand who she was. She was seeking, and I hope you're seeking. I hope you, because you're listening to this talk, you're interested in what the word is about, what the, the Lord Jesus Christ has on offer for you in this idea of the coming of a kingdom, the idea of eternal life, the idea of having water inside you that will flow out like a spring that you want to talk and teach and show everybody that's around you. She perceived that he was a prophet. Then she goes on to say something which is interesting. For our fathers worshipped on the mountain, but they say that in Jerusalem is the place, that's the Jews would say, Jerusalem, of course, is the place to worship. And Jesus says this, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will they worship the Father. They, they're not going to do it anywhere because eventually, I'm afraid, in AD 70, Jerusalem was, was literally flattened almost and certainly the temple was taken away. But, he says, listen to this, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, this is difficult to understand perhaps, but what we're trying to get across to you is the idea that you must believe what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. Do you remember what he said in chapter 7 there? You must, if you believe on me, then you can have the eternal water. This is something we're asking you to think about, and we have to think about, everybody has to think about, the idea of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, both with spirit and with truth, so that you can teach the right way, so you can show people the right way. The woman said to him, I know Messiah is coming, and then John puts in brackets, he who is called Christ, and we assume that's what she meant, and he comes, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus says, this is when he actually says, remember the question, are you better than Jacob? This is when she says, or sorry, he says, yeah, who speaks to you, am he. I wonder what she thought. Imagine you've been waiting for someone to come. Imagine you knew there was someone to come on this earth. We as Christadelphians firmly believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come on this earth in a very near future. We would love it to be today, but we don't know. It's not, in our, it's not within our knowledge to know. But we would hope it was today or tomorrow or the next day. And when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, we're going to see the Messiah. We're going to see the Christ that he's talking about in this, in this that John's writing down for us. What would you think when he says, I'm here, I'm coming to teach? Is she fulfilled now? Is she, is she being filled with water? I think so. Because if you read on in the narrative, you'll realise that what she does, 
she thinks this is wow this is <laughs> I hate to use these horrible modernism wow this is amazing this is the Lord Jesus Christ this is the one the Messiah that will teach us remember she went there to get water and she went to do the things that you had to do to keep herself sustained guess what she leaves behind she leaves the pots and runs back I don't think the village was very far away looking at the geographics it was only about a mile or so but she ran back she said you've got to come and see you've got to see this is the Messiah he has turned up he's come come out and see when his disciples come back they were totally confused because they didn't really know why he was talking to a Samaritan woman they didn't really know why he'd even begin to talk to her and I want you to understand this is wonderful news for us that he did talk to her that he was prepared to talk to someone who we we perhaps wouldn't talk to someone that we perhaps think is a sinner someone that we would think who would never even come to the faith someone who would never understand about the truth of God and about the gospel and about the spirit and how Jesus wants us to live we, we wouldn't consider him but because he's prepared to talk to her because he's prepared to offer it to her that means it's on an offer to all of us and if that doesn't make you excited, I, I don't know what else will. So this woman has been transformed, changed. I don't know if she came back and got a water afterwards. I don't know. We're not told. Or not, it's not part of the story. But they came back. And guess how long he spent there? Two whole days teaching and preaching. And they eventually say to the woman, you know, we weren't too sure about what you said. We thought perhaps, you know, might be the Messiah. It's worth coming out to see. But they said, not just because of your testimony, not just because of what you've said, not just because of what you've seen and how you've begun to see how the Lord was offering you eternal life. We now believe because guess what? We have heard and we have listened. How do you begin to listen to this? Well, you need to open the word of God. You cannot stay closed. You need to open it and try and learn it and begin to see what the Lord has to on offer. And John's a great starting point. This is a lovely starting point. If you don't read anything else at all for a while, read John chapter 4. Read the whole of it. See how it's transforming a life. A life that really shouldn't have never been even considered. Or sorry, who I wouldn't have considered, I guess. Because Jesus, in his mercy and in his love, considers all of us. In all the different guises, in all the different ways that we are, he looks at us and sees how he can clean us, how he can change us, how he can make in us the water flow from us. And so we can teach others. She went off and preached, she immediately went off and taught, she immediately went off and shown. And because of what Jesus did with that woman, because he happened to go through Samaria, because he happened to stop at a, a well and change lives and change the life of this woman, many, many more were told actually decide to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and become part of what Jesus had on offer the coming of a kingdom on this earth does that excite you does that get you going does that make you feel good this is what this water can do this is what this water's there to do it's to actually change your life what is the water well it can be many things it's really I guess it's the word of God isn't it and if you can get that into you, inside of you you will begin to see there's an instant where the Lord Jesus Christ early on in, in John and he, 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 was, he was tempted we're told for 40 days and 40 nights he, he was out there and being tempted and one thing you notice about the Lord Jesus Christ he doesn't stand there and go ooh I'm being tempted about that let me just think because he had read his Old Testament as it is for us or, or, the, or the scriptures as he had he knew to say, I don't live by bread alone. I live by everything that comes out of, uh, from the Lord. And he began to understand. Why did he do it? Because it was within him. 
And the more you can read and the more you can understand about the word of God, the more you'll see it is on offer to all of us, that chance of eternal life. If you're worrying about what it might be, if you're trying to think about it, well, we need water, don't we? I'm sure you, I hope you did, but I didn't, I almost didn't use it this morning because the shower didn't quite almost work. It did eventually when I sussed it. But I washed myself, so I smelt reasonably okay, I hope. But we all wash, don't we, in the morning. We use water for all sorts of things. We use water to cleanse ourselves. We use water to wash ourselves. It's, it's part of a whole ritual that we do. And, and, and we need water, don't we, to cleanse. And we're told, I mean, even um, in, in the medical profession, they realised very, very not, not so long ago, but they managed to realise that you needed water to keep clean, didn't you, between going through patients. And they now wash and they use all sorts of chemicals. But we need to be clean. And we need to try and make ourselves clean as we can and need to try and do it. Water then is a source of cleaning, isn't it? It's a cleansing. And that's what this will do. This woman, I'm sure, went away more fulfilled than she'd ever been having all these men. They'd never fulfilled her. Nothing had fulfilled her. But now, because she understood what the Lord had on offer, because she understood what the Lord was about, she was more than fulfilled. She was more than clean. She'd been healed. She'd been taken to a different place. Did she not have any more men? I don't know. We're not told. The narrative doesn't even tell us who she is. doesn't even give her her name. But I can believe that she was transformed and she was changed. When you talk about water healing then, and the idea of the water being able to heal, just think of this little thing. You don't have to look at it if you don't want to, but in 2 Kings 5, we have a chap who comes to someone who has, he has leprosy. He has, he has a really bad skin problem. And he, go, he comes to, to the prophet and says, well, you know, what do I do? What, what grand thing shall I do? Shall I give you millions of pounds? Shall I give you lots of clothes? Shall I do whatever? What do you want me to do? You know the River Jordan, which apparently wasn't very nice in its day. Go and wash in there. Oh, and don't do it once. Do it seven times. And he thought, you want me to what? <laughs> you want me to wash in that dirty water? Well, he says, oh, well, I'll try it. And so he goes and washes himself seven times. And on the seventh time, his flesh became clean. He'd been told to go and do something. It seems weird, doesn't it? But there's the water healing. And this is real water healing. And here the woman is perhaps, I think, told to change her life, perhaps change the way she's going. And and Jesus will talk about this all the way through the Bible. The Apostle Paul, who was one of the great writers of the uh, New Testament, will tell us how we should change our lives, how we, we should be different how we can be clean. And this man, although he was told to go in this rather dirty water, realised by doing that that he actually was cleansed and cleaned by water. Come to John chapter 5. Here's a very famous occasion when the Lord Jesus Christ transforms somebody's life. It's the pool of Bethesda or the pool of Siloam. It depends which way you look at it. It's the pool of seven, uh, that's got seven pillars. And it's the pool that when it, it was, dist- well, <laughs> the technicalities of it was basically, it was fed by a pool that wasn't, was further up. And when, it, when the pool moved and when the water moved, what, was, what they all believed was an angel moved the water. And so they would step in it and they would be healed. And there was one chap that was standing there. Oh, sorry, he wasn't standing there. <laughs> he might have stood there. Who was lying there on his bed and couldn't, he couldn't move. And he had nobody to help him. And so he couldn't get into the water. So in chapter 5 and verse 6, when Jesus saw him and knew that he had been, need, uh, there, sorry, had been there lying a long time, he said to him, 
do you want to be healed? Well, that's the point I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm lying here. Of course I want to be healed. But I, I, you know. The sick man answered and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is troubled. And while I am going, another steps down before me. And of course, it, it was a, the idea was the first person in. That's what you've got to understand. They're the one that got healed. Jesus was to tell this man, if you read on, take up your bed and walk. And so he does. And here at this water source, here at this place of grace, if, if we dare say that, here at this place that was, people's lives were transformed, there was the Lord Jesus Christ transforming somebody else and said, take up your bed and now walk, and he was healed. The Lord Jesus Christ physically healed him. Healing him was part of what it's all about. What about the power of the source of water? Well, the power of water can be very strong. If you've ever seen a river that's, that's burst its banks and seen what it can do, when it's sort of, it can be frightening. Can't it? it can carry cars, lorries, do some very serious damage. And I was watching some videos of, I think it was Indonesia or somewhere like that, where the water was there in seconds and overtook these people and found it very difficult. Jesus always wants us to understand that the power of this water will help you overcome everything, will help you to be stronger, to help you be a better person. And what you'll learn slowly, as you learn about the power of this water, you'll learn how you can be a Christian following after the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the woman learns. Did the man learn that? I hope he did, as he was healed. Verse uh, 20, 49. If you come down to verse, sorry, chapter 24 of Luke, and verse 49. So the 24th chapter, very, towards the very end you'll see how that eventually we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit being given to the disciples to, to do things. If you're in Luke 24, sorry, in verse 49, we're going to read these words. This is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit that will actually come and give him strength, give him strength to, to preach and teach. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you're clothed with the power from the Spirit. And if you look at Acts 2 and Acts 4, which we haven't got time to do, if you look at that, you'll see how that actually happened. And they were given the power to go out and preach and teach and to show to the world the things that were concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. It gave them the power to go out. It gave them the power to understand. It gave them the power to heal in some cases as well. And these disciples went out with faith and strength. And they went out and, and worked with the Holy Spirit so that they could go and teach and preach, just as Jesus had said. And so they were given the strength to carry on the work and we're told, if you read through Acts, the amount of people that were converted because they saw and they heard. And these people were eyewitnesses, of course, of what the Lord Jesus Christ had taught. They'd been eyewitnesses seeing what happened with the Samaritan woman, that they came back and suddenly she's converted. And next thing, the whole village is converted, or the whole town. And so the Holy Spirit was given to them, and he's a powerful tool completely for them. With the Spirit inside us, dear friends, with the attitude of wanting to know things with the attitude of wanting to be able to teach and to preach other people we have to fill ourselves with that Ephesians chapter 5 don't look at it now but Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 tells us that you need to have that within you you need to fill yourself with it you need to read and to understand what the Lord has done for us and then you can do anything you can go out and with the power of that you can teach and preach the disciples were sitting in an upper room shaking and worrying but when they were given the power of the Holy Spirit, they went out and next thing you know, they're preaching and converting. That's the difference it can make. It can refresh us as well. That's something else that's wonderful. This water can make it refreshing. How can it make it refreshing? Please come to Isaiah 55. Verse 
You know, it's difficult to understand refreshing water, is it? It really is hard in England. It's really hard in a third world country, then it's a bit different, isn't it? For us, in this country, we understand we just go to the tap and it's there. Imagine having to see your water dry up. Imagine seeing that your crops don't don't survive and, and certain parts of Africa that never see rain or sometimes very see very little rain and things don't go as well as they perhaps could do come if you want that if you're there then Isaiah 55 listen to these words this is talking this is this is a prophet foretelling the future this is a prophet saying if you can have this water in you if you're going to have this well of water if you're going to understand what the Lord's done for you listen to this ho everyone who thirsts so everyone who's got thirst who everyone drinks who who wants water come to the waters come to this water he says we can come and he who has no money come buy and eat i don't know where you're ne- well morrison's not far away is it um, i don't suggest you go into morrison fill your basket and try and walk out not going to happen is it you're going to get stopped and something say can you pay for that here is a vision and the whole of this chapter the whole of this chapter will talk about the vision of 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 literally the coming of a kingdom on this earth when things will be changed when the world will be totally different when everybody will worship and follow the Lord but look you don't need money you don't need to pay for this did you notice Jesus didn't ask for any money Jesus didn't ask for anything from this woman did he he just said here it is have eternal life and that's on offer to all of us if we want it it can also help us, can't it? When we look at that, we see that there's a coming of a kingdom, so we need to know that in our head. And I'm sure Jesus taught to them and showed them the coming of a kingdom on this earth when you won't need to have money, when all thirsts literally will be sorted out, and then eventually we will be able to be uh, as one with the Lord, which is quite something to learn and to be taught by Him and to understand Him. Well, my time's gone, I know, and I appreciate you know you're listening to this and i hope you've you've found from understanding this that the living water that's within us that should be within us comes from reading the word of god from understanding what he has to say to us and it's that transformation literally of suddenly realizing how much the lord has on offer for us it's almost like i guess a joy it's almost like saying well you know this is joyful thing isn't it we can be filled with the joy of everything and that's what that talk uh, that's what um, was being said there Can we do it? Will you do it? I don't know. Will you allow yourself to be full of the river of living water? Will you allow it to come into your life? Will you be so excited that you want to go and tell other people? I don't know. I hope you will. And I hope we've encouraged you just to open your word. Open the Bible. Read a little bit more. Understand a little bit more about what he has to say to us. And you, I'm positive, when you start to read, will begin to see that this is life. It's cleansing. It's healing. It's power, it's refreshment, it's all those things and joy as well that the Lord has something in place for us in the future. I hope you're excited, I hope you're in, willing to go and look and I hope you want to learn more about it and then you will have that well of water that springs from inside. Thank you for listening and I hope you found it helpful. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website ormskirtchristadelphians.org.uk